Welcome back to our Fox 2022 USFL coaching series where we speak with Birmingham Stallions coach Skip Holtz today, who, among other things, has coached South Carolina, has coached East Carolina, has coached at Notre Dame, has coached at Florida State. I asked him a little bit about working for the legendary Florida State coach Bobby Bowden, also working for his father, Lou Holtz, at Notre Dame and again at South Carolina, and a little bit about this budding rivalry between he, Houston Gamblers coach Kevin Sumlin, New Orleans Breakers coach Larry Fedora, and just what the Conference USA ties are like. If you like this, please let us know about it in the comments of the channel below or in a review, wherever it is that you are listening to your podcast. All right, let's go talk to Coach Holtz. We continue our Fox Sports 2022 USFL coaching series with Birmingham Stallions coach Skip Holtz. Coach, how you doing? Doing great, RJ. How you doing today? I'm good, sir. I'm excited about the league. I'm excited about your Stallions. But I want to start with this. You've been coaching quite literally since the year I was born, not put you on the spot, like 1987. That hurt, that hurt a little bit. That hurt just a little bit, RJ, but good. I, I, had, to, I had to get it in there. But it's Go ahead. Cool. I appreciate that. It is to help folks understand, right, that you've been doing this for a very long time and that you are very good at it. I mean, we're talking about two conference championships in the Conference USA. I was uh, at the University of Tulsa when you were coaching East Carolina, so I got to know you then. But I wanted to ask after – coaching Notre Dame, after coaching in South Carolina, after coaching in East Carolina, after coaching in Law Tech, why did you want to be the head coach for the Birmingham Stallions? You know, I look at college football right now, and you look at the direction it's going, it's a completely different uh, situation than it was 40 years ago when I got into this, 35 years ago when I got into this. And uh, I just I wanted a new challenge. I was excited about the opportunity, sitting down and having the opportunity to talk with Brian Woods to listen to all the people that are involved in this and that are behind this, uh, to make that are committed to making this work. Uh, the more I started talking to Brian, the more and more excited I got about the USFL and what it was going to be. I was excited to have the opportunity to get into pro ball. I said, I've coached for 35 years, what, 22 as a head coach in college. And I think I've had to wait this long just to have to get this opportunity for this new challenge and this new chapter, which is really exciting to me. And it's something that I am really looking forward to getting involved with. Well, I'm excited about your roster. I'm excited about some guys you got on that squad, but I really wanted to know about Scooby Wright and why you decided that that was a guy you needed in the middle of your defense. You know, leadership, the more you talk to people, uh, everybody just has so many positive things about them. Yeah. You can watch film and put it on and watch them run sideline to sideline, watch him hit people, watch him see the energy that he plays with. But when you talk about intangible things, when you talk about uh, the leadership, the passion, the energy, the way that he plays the game, uh, I think those are things that really excited me. When you're looking at a quarterback, you want a leader. When you're looking at that linebacker, you want a leader. And obviously, Scooby has had an awful lot of success in college. He's had some success since college. But uh, I think he just needs an opportunity to get on the field and show what he can do on a day-to-day -day basis because I think that's when his real uh, intangible traits are going to come out and really be a huge benefit for us at, at Birmingham. I'm excited to see him. Uh, we're talking about perhaps one of the great seasons for defense in college football history, 2014, 164 tackles, something like 30 tackles for loss, won two Defensive Player of the Year awards at Arizona, as well as Pac-12 Player of the Year. I mean, that was one of the better defensive players that I've ever seen. Excited yep. to see what he does on your defense. But this is also not going to be the first time that you had some studs 
at your disposal. And I want to get there by asking you about this story in particular. Okay. One I've been sitting on for some time now. Please tell me the story of how Coach Bobby Bowden talked to your dad into hiring you as the offense coordinator at Notre Dame. Well, that is, this is, I didn't realize you were aware of that story, RJ, but really that is, that's how, uh, that's how I became the coordinator. And I had an opportunity to be a graduate assistant for Bobby Bowden. As a matter of fact, uh, went to Florida State, went to pulled into Tallahassee, walked into the football office. And the first person I met when I walked in the office is my wife. And we have been married for 30 years at this point. I had a great relationship with Coach Bowden, the Bowden family. Spent two great years there as a graduate assistant. Went on to Colorado State with Earl Bruce. Left there, went to Notre Dame. Was at Notre Dame for two years as a position coach when the coordinator opened. I went in to see my father and I said, I want to come in and put my name in the ring for the offense coordinator spot. At the time, I was 27 years old. And he said, I can't hire you. I mean, you're 27 years old. You're my son. No, I can't. Who would you hire? Really? Like, be honest. And I was like, no, I'd hire me. That's who I'd hire. But since if that's out, I said I'd hire Mark Richt. I had the opportunity to work with Mark. Mark and I shared an office when I was in Tallahassee and just have an incredible amount of respect for uh, him, the man, the person, the mannerisms, the way that he coaches. I just think he... I think Mark was was really good at what he does. So I told Dad I'd hire Mark Rick. Uh, Coach Bowden called, uh, or my father called Coach Bowden and said, Coach Bowden, I'd like to have the opportunity to talk to Mark Rick as my offensive coordinator. And Coach Bowden said, that'd be great, no problem. But why have you on the phone? If you hire him, I want permission to talk to Skip to replace him. And I think that's where it became, oh, wow. So, all right, do I hire Mark and lose my son? Or do I make my son the coordinator? And so that's really how I became the coordinator. And so I've got huge thanks to the Bowdens uh, for giving me the opportunity to be a coordinator and move on to be a head coach in this great profession. I'm going to say you set Tommy Reese up there because that's another young offensive coordinator that a lot of people didn't think had the moxie and know-how to run that offense. And all they did was end up in the Fiesta Bowl last year. I'm very excited about where Notre Dame is headed but I want to get back to Florida State here in a bit because a bit about myself I spent part of my childhood in Panama City Florida so I came up going to see Charlie Ward play football I knew that Randy Moss was there I'm that kind of uh, a football fan so I got to ask you who was your favorite player why you got to see that seminal really program come into its own well it was unbelievable because I went there the year after the All-American Bowl, which would have been in 1987 was mm. my first season uh, there at Florida State. And in 86 they played in the All-American Bowl, uh, beat Indiana. And so that was the, in 80, in 87 was the string of 11 win seasons uh, that Coach Bowden started. But we had some pretty good players when you go back and look at you know we had Sammy Smith, we had Victor Floyd, we had, I mean, you look at um, Dexter Carter was there. We had on defense, we had a little guy named Deion Sanders, some people might have heard of, uh, had him on defense. Just unbelievable the amount of talent that they had put together on that team. Great staff. When you start talking about Chuck Amato, Mickey Andrews, Wayne McDuffie, Mark Rick, you look at all the guys that went on to become head coaches off that staff. Uh, Coach Bowden did a great job of building that program and surrounding himself, not only around great coaches, but great players as well. Goodness me. I mean, it's phenomenal through the 90s what Coach Bowden was able to do in Tallahassee. And, I mean, 
you being a part of that, that's that's big time, Coach. I got to ask, though, you know, you get to be the offensive coordinator at Notre Dame, and 93 seems to go pretty well for you. I got to yep. say, like, seems like uh, but Coach Bowden knew what he was doing, and your father knew what he was doing. But I, among those two guys, what are the lessons that you take from being a part of two programs that win national championships or at least finish yep. number two in 93, depending on who you talk to? I wonder – do you think of that Notre Dame team as winning the national championship? Or are you willing to give that up to the coaches in the AP? No, I'm not willing to give that up. <laughs> no, let's be honest. I'm not willing to. I'm not willing to give that up. Um, you know, I what a game. Let's start with that. We're undefeated. It's one versus number two. Playing in South Bend, uh, Charlie Ward, Coach Bowden, a lot of those coaches that I had been there with um, had the opportunity to play. What a great game! I know Sean Wooden bats the ball down at the very end of the game uh, to preserve the win. Well, we go to number one in the country. We're there for a week, play Boston College the next week, and we lose on the very last play of the game. They return a kickoff, uh, end up kicking a long field goal to end up to, uh, beating us there. Um, so we held that title for a week, the number one slot. And then Florida State, who we had beat the week before, when we all went, I thought it should have been split. I thought both teams deserved it. Both teams were 11-1. and one. There wasn't an undefeated team. At that time, we didn't have the BCS to be able to win it on the field. Uh, you had to win it in the polls, whether that was with the coaches or with the AP. I know Coach Bowden had not won a national championship at that point for as long as he had coached for as successful as he had been. So I certainly don't think that they weren't deserving. I do think they were deserving, but I also think that Notre Dame, Notre Dame team uh, was very deserving of a national championship that year. It's an interesting point, Coach. It's one that I raise about Alabama and Georgia this past year is if we don't have a college football playoff, we might be looking at Alabama as a national champion and or Georgia as a national champion, depending on how the votes go. Yeah. We could be here all day. I got a thing about people voting for national championships as opposed to the scoreboard deciding what that is. Agreed. So, Coach, I wanted to fast forward about, let's say, 10 years, give or take, uh, to really one of the seminal moments, I hope, of your career, which is your offense coordinator at South Carolina. Once again, I, I believe working for your father. Yep. And it's the, this is September 20th. So this is the first college football game back after the September 11 attacks. You're playing a ranked Mississippi State. How do you feel preparing and getting ready for that game? And what do you tell your guys? Yeah, like going back to what everybody went through. Everybody knows where they were. It's kind of like when, you know, when John F. Kennedy got shot, where were you? You know, where were you during 9-11, the towers? And I can remember we were, we were preparing at South Carolina for a Bowling Green team that had a young Urban Meyer was the head coach. And we were supposed to play them that week. The game got canceled, obviously, as the, all the planes came out of the air uh, and everything else. And then we were – uh, to play Southern, to play Mississippi State on Thursday night. I guess it was about two or three weeks later that we didn't play college football. And so we had the opportunity to be the first team back to play. We were also one of the first teams to fly, playing on a Thursday night. Made an incredible tribute that night uh, on Thursday night on national television, playing at Mississippi State. And uh, what a great venue. Jackie Sherrill was the head coach there at Mississippi State at the time. Uh, they had Pig Prather. They had a, a number of All-Americans, some great, great players, and turned out to be a heck of a football game. But um, that was, a, I don't want to say eerie, but it was really, it was a special moment being there, listening to 70,000 people not make a sound, and it being just church pew quiet. 
uh, in there. It was uh, it was really a pretty real it was a pretty real experience to go through. So, Coach, you are familiar with at least two of these coaches in this league co- coaching against them in Conference USA. That would be Kevin Sumlin and Larry Fedora, Houston Gamblers coach and the New Orleans Breakers coach, respectively. Can you tell me, are we making too much of the rivalry between the three of you? No, <laughs> not not at all. Uh, there will be, there has always been, there's a, there's a rivalry amongst coaches, but there's also a friendship there when you look at the three of us. We've been together for a long time. I've known Kevin Sumlin and Larry Fedora for a long time in this business, have always looked at them as uh, great friends, guys I've relied on, guys that I've reached out to to talk to when, uh, when questions I need to get answered, et cetera. Uh, but we've also had some great battles on the field when you look at uh, having the opportunity to coach against them. I've got a great respect for who they are as coaches, but also a great respect for who they are as people. And so I know when I came into this league, uh, Kevin Sumlin reached out to me, who was already uh, announced as a head coach. Uh, and he was one of the selling forces that really got me excited about getting involved with it. And then I know I had the opportunity to play the same role with Larry Fedora when he got in it after me and had the opportunity to get on the phone with him. I know when we put the ball on this tee, we're both going to want to win. We both want to, we all three are going to want to compete and go win. Uh, we've gotten the best of each other, uh, but we've also uh, been on the losing end of that as well. And so great respect, but I think it's going to be awesome to have the opportunity to not only have them in this league, but to have them in the same division as well. Well, Coach, and speaking with Coach Sumlin, one of the things I brought up was he lost the conference championship in 2011 to Larry Fedora. I did not bring up he lost conference championship to you, in which I, I think is 2009. So I think he's going to be coming after y'all just a little bit harder than he might be coming after someone else. Uh, I wonder, would you expect anything different from him? No, I, no, I wouldn't. And that's the that's the beauty when you get friends like this and you have the opportunity to compete. There is some. There's a pride. There's there's something that you're going to dig a little bit deeper. And I know I know Kevin wants to win, but so do I. You know the Stallions are going to want to win too, and two teams are going to take it out there on the field. But like I said I have great respect for both of them because they're both they're both phenomenal football coaches. They've both won a lot of football games. They've both won conference championships. I mean they have they have directed and guided young men and football teams for a long time, and they've had success at what they do. And so I know it's going to be a challenge. I know playing not only them but some of the other coaches in this league we're all going to have to bring it up a notch because uh that's one of the things that excites me so much about this league about professional football about having the opportunity to draft your team and put it together but also having the opportunity to compete against uh quality coaches in this league like kevin sumlin and larry fedor i'm excited to see how that looks on the field coach uh i will mention my mother is a graduate southern miss so she's already picked her guy and yet, and still, she's looking around going, I've seen enough Coach Holt to say I might need to change my mind a little bit. So I wanted to, I wanted to pass that to you. She's she's holding auditions, apparently. She wants to see what she's got. Tell your mom there's plenty of room on our bus right now, okay? Tell your mom there's plenty of room on the bus and appreciate us now and avoid the rush, all right? <laughs> well, and to that point, you are the hometown head yes. coach. I, I mean, you get to tell your guys you're playing at home for 10 weeks a year. You're the only team that gets to say that. How does yes. that feel for you? 
You know, it's going to be awesome. And as I as I told the team, I think it's going to be great. What a phenomenal idea to build the pod system and put everybody in the same city and to have the opportunity to be in Birmingham is going to be incredible. It's a sports city. It's a sports state. Uh, it's a football craze state. When you look at all the college programs in that state, when you look at the high school football in that state, the high school coaches and the job that they do, and there's no professional football, and all of a sudden you're going to bring eight professional teams that have all been drafted from players all over the country, from graduations from um, five years ago up until this last year. And so I, I think it's going to be awesome. But as I have said a couple times, I said the only thing that's going to be better than playing in Birmingham with everybody being there is going to be having the opportunity to play for Birmingham and to be the home team and to be the host city and to be the host team in our city and to have the opportunity to play there, I'm really excited about it. And I know we're going to have a great following. We'll have a great fan base uh, with what we're doing. And that's part of the pressure uh, that's being put on you right now is knowing that you're going to be building a fan base of a pretty special of a pretty special uh, organization in a pretty special city in a great league. I will add, you have the honor of playing against the New Jersey Generals, coached by Mike yes. Riley, in the first game of the season, the first game of this inaugural season for the 2022 USFL. And I'm excited about that. I'm going to be there for that game. And I can't wait to see how you guys feel about it. But I'm also interested in which quarterback situation is going to look like because I understand yeah. you got Jamar Smith over there, right? Yep. And you yep. also have Alex Magoo. Are you going to have a quarterback derby or are you settled on your number one pick being your guy? You know, right now going into this, Alex is – we played against Alex in college when I was at Louisiana Tech and he was at FIU. Uh, fortunately, we won, but he threw for about 400 yards on us when they went up and down the field. He is a very talented player in what he can do. Uh, I think one of the things that made me very comfortable is a guy like Jamar Smith. I had him as a quarterback for four years, and he started for three years, ended up winning 10 games and did some great things for us. He's got great knowledge of the offense. He's got great knowledge of what we did. And obviously, there's a familiarity there with me. Uh, but I also do know that uh, we drafted Alex first because I believe in Alex's abilities. I believe in his talents. Uh, when you look at his measurables and his size and his arm strength, his competitive nature, what he can do, I'm really excited to get on the on the grass with him and just being able to work with him on a day-to-day -day basis. And watching him throw and go through reads and how he processes things. And what an exciting time this is going to be with uh, having the helmet cam that I know that they're going to leave on all the way through the play. I'm going to have to learn to shut up so I don't confuse him too much during the play. Uh, but I'm looking forward to seeing how he's going to process all the information and really excited about having them both because I think we have two quarterbacks in this offense that I have I have seen uh, run this offense, and I think they're both going to be really good at it. So excited to get them both on the grass and see what we have there at the quarterback position. As am I, Coach. I think you got two outstanding guys there that are capable yeah. of leading your team to a championship game. Well, I say this, but the championship's going to be played July 3rd at yes. Tom Benson in Canton, Ohio. I awesome. hope to see you there, Coach. Uh, I need to ask you, though, three questions that I'm asking all the coaches, right? All right. We're just trying to get a feel for how you guys feel about the level of player in this league. So the first one is, who is the best offensive player in the league not on the Stallions roster? Ooh, I, 
I don't know the answer to that one yet. I may have to. I mean, I was really impressed. I mean, I think there's some really good quarterbacks. I know when I look at Tamu and what he's done, I think there's some very talented players in this league. I think we'll learn a whole lot more when we get into this season. And I think that question is going to be a whole lot easier to answer when we get towards the end of the season, because I look at there's some guys that maybe people have never heard of, but you put their highlight films on and you're like, holy smokes, if this guy can do that at this level, he'll be one of the best players in this league. But it's just always hard to, you're not always comparing apples to apples. I mean, when you look at it, these teams that have been put together are going to be comprised of 45 draft picks from players all over the country. And so there's going to be a lot of talent in this league on both sides of the ball. So I don't want to avoid your question, but I think I'm going to pass on that one until we have a little bit better feel on what guys are going to do at this level. Well, Coach, quickly, because I need to ask it, I understand that you might hear a number of folks say Scooby Wright on your, on your roster, but is there another guy that you just looked at and say, hey, that guy has an opportunity to be pretty good on defense? Ooh, I think there's a, again, there's a, we've got a draft pick that a draft, a whole team that we've drafted and put together. And I know we have a supplemental draft coming up and just watching some of the players on that film. I mean, if we can, if we can be fortunate enough to land a couple of those and uh, feel really blessed to have the third pick in the supplemental draft, if we can be able to put a couple of those together, I think some of those guys have a chance. So uh, again, I think there's an awful lot of players, whether you get into the secondary, the linebackers, I mean, when you talk about Scooby, Scooby's done it at the highest level. When you look at what he's done in, in college football, in the power fives, uh, having the opportunity to be with some NFL teams, uh, I think that guy just needs an opportunity to get on the field and show what he can do, and I think he's going to be special. But I think there's probably a couple other guys that are in that same boat. All right, Coach, last question for you on this front. Who is the best team in the league apart from the Birmingham Stallions from a draft position where you looked at them top to bottom, you go, and they're pretty stout? You know, I the way that, and I'll give Daryl Johnson and Brian Woods an awful lot of credit because I think what they did and the way that the draft was put together, there's incredible balance. I mean, when I look at it, you can see, okay, uh, boy, the, the linebackers, I think this team is probably the most solid. Boy, the running backs are here, the receivers, this team. I think every team has got its own strengths in this league and with, with their, um, their goal when they're – when they put this thing together was to create parity, to have quality football games where there is a, a level playing field when you look at the talent across the board. And by drafting by position, uh, we drafted sixth at quarterbacks, but we drafted first at wide receivers. Uh, we drafted first at punters. Somebody else drafted first on the O-line. And so when you look at it, I think there is parity across the board. And I look at these teams, I thought, I thought, we were talking about Larry Fedora and Kevin Sumlin. I thought they did a great job. Uh, Todd with the Tampa Bay Bandits, I thought did a great job of putting some teams together. Obviously, with knowing the Generals were going to be our very first game, uh, every time they drafted, I was kind of like looking out of the corner of my eye, like who are they? Who are they picking here? Because I know that we're going to have the opportunity to get on the field and play them. But I just. I cannot say this enough, how excited I am about this opportunity. And when you look at the parity in this league, you look at the quality coaches in this league, the quality players in this league, the way it's being put together, the way we're all coming together, and the way we're going to be able to have eight teams in one city and do this pod and play these games uh, in protective stadium and Legion Field, I think it's got the making to be awesome. And I say that because I – Right now, I think any team can win it. I think every team has got some strengths. 
Every team has probably got a couple things that they're going to have to bolster as we get into this supplemental draft here at the end of the week. Uh, but I think there's a lot of great things going on for the USFL right now. And as I said, I just couldn't be more excited to be part of it and to have the opportunity to go through this experience. It's going to be great. We're both fired up for this league, Coach. Uh, I will remind our listeners and viewers that the Birmingham Stallions will open the season against the New Jersey Generals at 6.30 p.m. Central, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, April 16th at Protective Stadium in Birmingham, Alabama. Coach Holtz, thank you so much for doing this with us, and good luck this season. RJ, it's been a pleasure, and I've enjoyed listening and watching you and the professionalism that you do with your job. But the biggest thing, you have fun with it. We, I used, made the comment a minute ago when you talked about Scooby, his passion. Your passion for football for this league, I think, comes out of everything that you do, and we appreciate the job you do. Thank you. Thank you, Coach. I appreciate that.